Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician, and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. So I want to welcome Carol to the podcast. Carol is a client of mine. We've worked together now for six months. She recently finished her program with me, and she is here to tell you all about her experience in the Delane MD program. So welcome, Carol. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to have you here. So why don't we start with telling people what your path has been to health and wellness, starting from when you first like had the idea that like maybe things weren't where you want them to be to when you found me, like how long was that path and what were other things that you did? Well, I, I think that that health and wellness journey started about 15 years ago and on and off over time, I was diagnosed with prediabetes and hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's. I have also had chronically elevated cholesterol for most of my life. And, but I always discovered that when I, when I uh, lost a little bit of weight, that all of those things began to fall back into a normal pattern. And I think what was frustrating for me was, you know, I had a lot of doctors trying to put me on medications to handle them. And I always felt myself that, um, that if I just really lost a few pounds and incorporated some lifestyle changes, that that would handle it. I wasn't really being supported in that by my doctors. And that was frustrating to me. I see. Yeah. So as far as your diabetes diagnosis, when were, when did that diagnosis, was it ever into full-blown diabetes for you? No, I have been pre-diabetic on and off for about the last 10 to 15 years. Okay. And so when I go back over all of my lab reports, there are some reports that were normal and some reports that were, you know, diagnosed as pre-diabetic. And uh, there were some times when my different uh, lipids were more within the accepted range. And so I think that because of that, I was always feeling like, oh, I, I can, I can handle this. But at the same time, I, I was not being made aware of the, of the changes that I needed to make in my food intake, what I'm eating, when I'm eating, and, you know, the role that physical activity plays. Yeah. So were you ever told anything about your lifestyle, like lifestyle changes that needed to be made? Did your doctors or any diabetes educators, if they ever sent you to a nutritionist, did anybody ever dig into any of that with you? No, no. In fact, um, you know, I, I kind of 
took the reins myself and I, I started self-referring to different doctors. And I, yeah. I went to various doctors and I had one doctor and endocrinologist who just kind of scolded me and told me that I had too many carbs. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a fairly healthy eater. In fact, when I was talking to some of my family members about it, they were very surprised. And they said, well, how can that be? You're really, you eat so healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you know, the specific information that I was not getting was try cutting your carbs back to this level, try, try cutting your protein back to this level, because, uh, you know, at the same time, I've always been a person who works out and up until about the last maybe five years, my, all of my lab reports were, you know, they were not bad, but you could see that there were some trends that were happening. But what happened is probably about three years ago, I started working out uh, at a gym and I was being advised to eat a certain level of carbohydrates and a certain level of protein. And I think that is when my, my numbers started to really go off of the scale and, and I needed to take some different action. Yeah. So it's so interesting because that is a lot of times what trainers do and people will go to trainers. They go to trainers and they go to doctors and they go to nutritionists. I think you and I have had the conversation where I went to a health fair and there were dietitians at a diabetes booth that had this plate, you know, and it was separated into four quadrants and it had how much protein and veggies. And then it had one of the quadrants was for like, like carbohydrates. And I was beside myself. And I asked them, I was like, why would you tell a diabetic who's clearly had their lifetime allotment of car carbohydrates that they should be eating carbohydrates? And it was very interesting. The response I got was not that we're not aware that they shouldn't be, but that we get better compliance if we just let them have a little bit. So it's very interesting that the medical community almost has this mentality of people can't do it or won't do it. And then the trainers have this mentality that you need more, like we need to give more building blocks to train more muscle, right? So it's it's very interesting. And then of course they blanket it to everybody, which is really something we work on in my program. Like what's individual to you? What do you need? And we figure that out by looking at the data from what you do and what data we get, how your scale responds, how your blood sugars respond, how do you feel? And then we make changes from there. But yeah, it's really interesting. I will tell you again, and I know you and I have spoken about this in the past, but how the ADA, the American Diabetes Association, states that the number one thing, the first thing that you should be doing to treat type 2 diabetes is lifestyle and dietary changes. Those are the number one things you should be doing. If medications are added, they should be to augment that number one thing of lifestyle modifications that you're doing. And of course, the medical providers seem to get it backwards. They're like, oh, let's just throw meds on everybody because they can't do the lifestyle modification. So it's well, very I think that's what was interesting is that I, I felt like if somebody had just given me that information, because I'm pretty trainable and I felt like the endocrinologist and also a couple of the other 
providers that I was going to, they were just giving me blanket statements. Well, you need to lose weight and you need to do this and you need to do that. You need to control your carb intake. But what happened when I started um, coaching with you is that you gave me actual, here's how many grams a day that I would start with for you. And then over time, what was so interesting to me is that I would see changes in, in my in my blood sugar, but I also could tell that maybe I had some excess, excess insulin that I was burning off. And that was one of the uh, points that you were educating me on is over time, those numbers will begin to go down. But if they're a little higher now than what you uh, imagined, that that's probably many years of insulin resistance that have built up and it takes time for that to burn off. That was so interesting to me. And, and I, I felt like I, for the first time in my life, I had some control over what was happening to me. Because from what you hear, from what the doctors were telling you, it was a carbohydrate, a glucose problem. Like it's a sugar problem. Right. And of course, that's one of the big things that I try to retrain our brains to think this is not a sugar problem. That is a side effect of an insulin problem, right? Like we've got to get that insulin component under wraps, under control. So yeah, it's very interesting. And of course, you know, of course, sadly, you know, the medical, and we've talked about this, it's not really healthcare in America, it's disease care. We do a very good job at medicating and managing disease in the system in America. We do a very poor job at creating health in the healthcare system in America. And for those who really want that, which is what you really did want. And even when you went to the doctors and you were like, no, I want to be healthy without the meds. They are trained in such a way that they couldn't even get past the training that they had had to help you achieve that. It was, it's very interesting. Well, and I remember this is probably 25 years ago that I had a doctor telling me that I needed to be on Synthroid. And I said, well, how long do I have to take that? And he said, for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. I, I was, I was very curious why you could tell me that when, you know, my, I mean, I wasn't drastically sick at that point. I just was having some, my, my numbers were a little bit unstable, my thyroid readings. And I felt like, you know, what, how can you tell me I have to be on medication for the rest of my life when you, you haven't really dug into the problem. And I actually went to that doctor to find out, you know, to, to find some deeper information. And then ultimately I did go on Synthroid, but after about six months, it was keeping me awake at night. So I talked to my doctor about going off of it. And he said, well, you got to be really careful about that. I, I went off of it and, yeah. and everything normalized. Yeah. And so I It was after several experiences with that, that I thought something I am doing is creating these fluctuations and trends in my, in my labs. And 
I always wanted to find out what that was, but I was very frustrated because I could never get a medical provider to help me dig into that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting. I, this, this belief that I think is very ingrained in you, and I don't know that you've identified it, but I see it. You have a belief that your body is normal and you're like, things happen to it that gives you abnormal physiology, right? You really on some very foundational level, believe that your body is normal, but things happen to it that kind of give us these weird lab findings, right? And I feel like so much of the medical community operates from your body is broken, let me fix it with a medication. And that's certainly what you are seeing um, in most of the physicians that you ran into, right? Oh yeah, all of them, all of them. They were not very interested in in any of the lifestyle decisions that I was circling around, they were more interested in, you know, prescribing something for me. And I, I felt also a lot of frustration on their part because I wasn't willing to To just take all the meds. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I remember a doctor, you know, trying to get me to go on statin drugs and, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go on a statin drug. And he said, I take statin drugs. Why, why don't you want to take a statin drug? And I could not, you know, believe, I mean, I couldn't get him to understand that. Look, I don't think that's really the end all solution for me. And there was just not an interest in let's dig into this a little bit more. And I just find it interesting that after six months coaching with you that my thyroid, my cholesterol, and my um, insulin are all um, normalizing. It, and it really wasn't that difficult. It, uh, you know, I think that was one of the interesting things that surprised me is I thought I would have to do just a 180 degree turnaround in all of my eating and my, my physical activity. And it required only a few tweaks for me. I, I had to pay attention to what I yeah, was putting in yeah. my mouth. And, you know, I've been tracking my food on my fitness pal for several years. So yeah, that was pretty easy for me to just start looking at it and looking at my macros and I really only had to make a few tweaks and then I was starting to see a lot of positive trends. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dig into what it was like when you started. So before we go into when we were working together, I want to know what were the top feelings that you were having about your health that led you to seek me out? Well, you I said frustration. So I think that was probably in there, but what else? I, I felt like, I mean, you said it earlier, I always felt that I was a naturally healthy person and that things were happening to me that I needed more insight on. So yes, I was frustrated. I, I was coming to the end of my uh, rope as far as, oh, I guess maybe I might have to go on a medication. Oh yeah. So even there was almost a, a element of like losing hope that yeah, uh, definitely. you were starting to believe what they were telling you. Right. Uh, I felt yeah. like, you know, maybe if I don't listen to these people that some terrible things are going to start to happen and some terrible things were starting to happen. But I think that 
you know, frustration, my, I, I just felt out of control. I think yeah. that was the big thing is I felt out of control. And by nature, I'm a very controlled and, you know, strategic type person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I felt like this is not a way that I can accept. I, I can't really live like this. Yeah. And um, I knew that I needed to do something different. And so I was doing a lot of internet searching and, and then, you know, one morning I heard a sponsor message on KMUW, which is our our local local public radio. Yeah. Public radio station. And, and I thought, okay, I'm, and I think I emailed you that morning. Yeah. And we set up a a free one hour consult for maybe a few days later. And that's when I I realized, you know, this is probably the route that I I wish I could have taken five, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. But it wasn't available to me. And so I was really grateful that, you know, that you, you are doing this work and you are helping people understand that there are, things that they can try to control and that have results, positive results. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, that, that was, I love that, that I love the belief that you had. And of course, like you are my ideal client, the women who know, like I do hard things. I am methodical and meticulous and controlled, and I can create all of these other things in my life. Why is this where I struggle? Yeah. That's like, And you have, you've had like such amazing results. You have, you just needed that guidance. And it's really, it is a privilege to be able to work as that guide. So I want you to tell everybody what it was like when we first started working together. Was it what you thought it would be and how was it different? Well, I I think that, you know, I really didn't know what to expect. And what was so interesting to me was the group coaching sessions. Mm -hmm. And I... I'm not, I'm not a typically group type person. I mean, I, I love, actually, I love the interaction of the group. Yeah. Yeah. And and so many times I felt like what somebody else was coaching about was very relevant to me. And so, you know, that's the really neat thing about group coaching. I think I kind of had to get used to it. And I think a lot of people have to get used to it because you have to get really good at listening to what's going on with other people and benefiting from what they're coaching about and relating uh, with what they're talking about and the things that you are offering them in terms of, of direction and coaching And once you get into the groove of listening to what's going on with everybody on the call, certainly there are a couple of them that uh, you don't really feel on any level is relatable. But in almost every call, I felt like, wow, I'm I'm without even talking and, and interacting, I'm getting a huge benefit from this group discussion. And so it was that was, I think the most interesting and enlightening thing is, is getting into the group coaching practice. And I know some of those folks wanted to do individual coaching and probably were, 
Mm-hmm. I never felt at all like I needed to do individual coaching. You felt like you had enough. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I mean, if I needed a particular uh, topic to discuss one day, I would just put it in the chat and you would come to me, we would discuss it. And a lot of times I would see other people nodding their heads and and that's relatable for them. And that would spark other discussion. I think that was part of what was so valuable for me is I, I could see that there were other people going through the same things that I was going through and some of the nuances would change and things that um, I would discover as they were talking and coaching yeah. with you. Yeah. And I do think that is, that was a little out of my comfort zone, but it was a great benefit to me to adjust my thinking and figure out that what a huge benefit it was. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it really truly is a journey, right? And sometimes we're at point C on the journey and somebody else is at point G on the journey. And we're like, oh, oh, I can anticipate where that's coming. And watching people being coached at different stages in the journey, like helps you anticipate. So suddenly this is one of the greatest benefits of the group coaching experience. Suddenly when you hit point G, you're not like, oh my gosh, it's falling apart. It's not working out correctly, right? Like it's, it's not working. You're like, oh no, I saw this before. I know this was coming because I saw somebody else getting coached. This much must be what they were talking about in that coaching session. Right? So yeah, I do believe, and I do, I, I have done, you know, individual coaching for the first two and a half years of my business and then switched last fall to doing groups. And I do believe it almost, it gives more. I think it does give more. There are more opportunities for coaching, but in addition, you actually physically get to see more coaching than you would if it was just individual. So yeah, that's awesome that, that you got to experience that. And I also think that I definitely try to, and I know that you and I had private conversations through emails, which you're like, I really don't want to coach in the group about this, but I want to know what you think about it. Right. And we had conversations. How much of the coaching did you experience in the group that was how to do's, what to do's versus, oh my gosh, I'm upset that nobody's noticed my weight loss. Right. Like these things that aren't like, oh, eat less bread eat more of this, eat less of that. There were a lot less, I mean, like, so I want to know, I guess, how much of it was do this versus let's talk about how we're feeling about that. Uh, There was quite a bit of instructional uh, content in the, in the coaching sessions. In fact, I've, I've got a whole notebook of notes that I took. And, you know, most of that was in the, probably the first three to four months, because after that, then there was a lot of Oh, affirmation about those concepts, affirmation about things that I need to do. And, um, but I have probably 20 pages of notes of, of just what I would consider instructional, um, content that came from the coaching sessions, try this, try that. And, you know, I've saved those notes and I've, I've, I go back over them. I, I pull them out every couple of weeks and I read through them and go, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I need to implement that. And I think that's what's so rewarding about the program is that, you know, you don't just end up with a result that, and you stay in that place. You keep 
uh, layering on the lessons that you learned over the last six months and reminding yourself of the, of the, you know, lifestyle changes that made a difference and why you're doing them. It's, that's what one of the things that I find the most rewarding over time is just reminding myself of all those lessons and re-implementing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. We talk about the things that we have to do and then these like affirmations of it, because we have beliefs about all sorts of things that we're doing. And those beliefs are what typically end up being the sticking point, right? Like, it's not that I always say people don't need me to tell them to eat less Twinkies. Everybody knows to eat less Twinkies, right? Like that's clear. What is my belief about eating less Twinkies? That my life isn't going to be as much fun, that I'm never going to be able to enjoy the things, that I have to eat something special and everybody else gets to eat something different, right? Those are the beliefs that get us stuck, right? And so it's interesting. Yeah, there is this element. There's both. It really truly takes both. It takes some educational component for some of us, especially you, because you came in really eating. Twinkies weren't your problem, right? Like you weren't sitting downing Twinkies all day long. So we really did have to do education on all of the things that go into our blood sugar, which really isn't just Twinkies as we've learned, right? Like there are all sorts of other areas of our life that affect our blood sugar and we need to learn to manage those. And that was a lot of what we worked on. For you, I yeah, think. yeah, I, I, that's definitely a lot of it. And you know, when I look back over uh, what I was eating before, there were a few things like I, you know, there are these pretzels uh, that I love, and I was eating too many of those, and um, probably a few more desserts than I needed. Um, but most of most of my food violations were things that most people would consider normal right and or healthy eating even healthy eating yes healthy eating and um for example i was eating too much fruit yeah and you know i still enjoy fruit but i enjoy it in a more measured fashion and but i also noticed that over time as my insulin levels drop that I can, I can eat a little bit more of that and it doesn't affect me. Yeah. But, you know, I think one of the nice things that I um, also discovered and you have a podcast on the gray zone or something. Yeah. Yeah. I really did not ever feel that I had to do an extreme change of lifestyle. I had to make some tweaks and I had to, you know, do degrees of change. But um, for example, I was afraid that because I, I, I cook at home and, and um, I cook for my husband and I, and I was afraid that that would begin to affect his into his, his food. And right. And it really didn't at all. It's just, I made a few tweaks and he never even noticed it. That's awesome. In fact, I think he kind of liked some of the changes and because there was a lot more variety. So anyway, that was really kind of interesting um, that it never affected him in any adverse way. In fact, it probably affected him in a positive way. Curiously, before you started and you were thinking about what you needed to do for to get healthy, like when you were in this space, kind of starting to feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to go on meds. Maybe they're right. Did you believe if you make the changes that you need to make, 
that your husband might be unhappy with a new way of eating? Did you have a belief about that? Lots of people do. That's why I ask. In, in my case, I, I knew that he, most of what he might react to is how it affects him. And, uh, but he was very supportive Mm -hmm. and just said, you know what, I just want you to, I just want you to handle this and get well and whatever you have to do. But did he find, did he ever mention like, oh, I wish we could go back to eating what we used to eat. Did he ever have any comments like that? Or was he really pretty pleasantly surprised with the way you were eating and the way he was eating? I don't think he even noticed anything. I mean, one of the things that I did was because he used to eat a lot of white potatoes. Mm -hmm. And um, so one of the things that I introduced to him was sweet potatoes. And he became obsessed with sweet potatoes. (laughs) Yeah. And and so then when I'd go to the store and say, "Uh, shall we get some some, you know, russet potatoes? No, no, let's just get some sweet potatoes. Yeah, I just thought it was so funny. Um, And even now he doesn't really eat a lot of white potatoes. And that's not that there's anything terrible about them. But in my case, for what I was going through, I needed to make some changes. And, um, and so and then a lot of times I will put together a dinner that is cabbage and, and Brussels sprout salad, and then we'll grill something like chicken on the grill. And I kind of thought for a while that he would complain that there wasn't enough starch and he never complained at all. That is the most interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. I think he began to realize, well, I don't really need all that stuff. Right. So that was really um, kind of enlightening for him. And I think he would not admit it because he's probably not aware of that. But I think that was kind of enlightening for him. That is so interesting because so many times people will come to me and they'll be like, well, I just, I, I've got to cook for my family and they're not going to like it. And sadly you were kind of given permission. I mean, like wonderfully, you were given permission by your husband. I just want this better. And I think if we broke it down to any loving spouse or loving children, they'd be like, I just really want you healthy. Right. But that is an excuse that a lot of people will use to not really get the results they want, not really aggressively seek out the results they want with their health, because they're so fearful that their family won't like eating healthy. But when you actually like break it down and look at it, your experience was like, he didn't even notice it. Like it wasn't ever a deal. Right. Right. And, and actually I think he relished it after a while because I, I was more creative. Well, I I don't want to do this. So let's find a workaround for this. And I was just so much more creative and I kind of enjoy that anyway. So I think he really enjoyed it and felt like it was just kind of a fun adventure. We had more variety and we were trying different things. And, you know, he's a very meat and potatoes person. So yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. Not going to, you know, lie and say that he has a broad palate palate because no, (laughs) but, but I will just tell you that every change I introduced, there were very few things that he said, yeah, that's okay. I don't, I don't think we'll do that again. There was very few of that. 
Awesome. Most of it was, yeah, this is good. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's so yeah. awesome. Okay. Well, before we finish, there's a few questions I want to get to and make sure, because I want to know, because this is the most fun part for me. What were you most surprised by during your time with me? Um, I think what surprised me most was I never felt scolded. I never felt like I was, you know, a failure uh, because uh, there were plenty of times I'd go out with friends and I'd go, well, I'm not supposed to eat this, but you know, I'm, I'm going to eat it. And, and I, I did make, you know, um, decisions about things that I was going to indulge in. And I think what was so great about our coaching was I always felt like I was supported to do that and make those decisions. I never felt like I was being balled out. Why did you do that? You knew that was going to, you know, blow your blood sugars. And um, I never felt that. In fact, most of the time I felt like I was supported to make decisions that would actually, you know, push the envelope and get information. Yeah. Yes. And, and what was interesting about it is the data that came out of that. Sometimes it was not detrimental at all. Sometimes my fasting blood sugar the next morning would be normal. Oh, interesting. Um, So the, the whole data collection experience is very interesting to me, but I, I think that was probably the surprising things is that I never felt like I was being balled out or scolded or told that you can't like, that's like, right. you can't do this or cause you know, and how many times am I like, it's never, it's not a never, ever game. That's not what we're playing. It's not that you're never, ever going to see your favorite dessert again. Right? Like, in fact, I want you to try your favorite dessert at some point during our program together so that we together have a chance to evaluate that data, right? Yeah. 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 I remember the conversation about wine early on in your program. You're like, well, I kind of had a couple glasses of wine. And I was like, awesome. And then of course we had the discussion that wine isn't the problem, right? Like so much information comes from that. And I love when I love when you would do this, but all of my clients, when they're just really honest, this is what I did because we really get to, again, dig into what beliefs do I have about wine? Oh, wine's a problem. Wine's not the problem. Biologically, wine's not the problem, right? Let's talk about that. And it really does give an amazing opportunity, which is probably part of your experience, which was it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be because you thought it was going to have to be no wine, no pasta, no desserts, right? That was a that was a huge relief to me because um, I nobody wants to go to their loved ones and friends and say, yeah, I I'm I'm not going to be able to enjoy that with you anymore, and I was still able to manage the changes I needed to make and and have them be fairly transparent to those around me. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, awesome. I'm so happy about that. That that you were able to kind of create that for yourself. So that's awesome. So what other things are you happiest with? What are you happiest with as far as your results that you got during my program? Well, I think the thing I'm the most happy with is just feeling like I can control this. And um, I, I really had absolutely no idea why everything was going out of whack. 
now I feel like if I if I have three or four days of overdoing it on carbs, I know what those results are going to be. And I also know how to reverse those results. Um, it may not take one or two days. It may take a couple weeks. But, you know, the uh, um, retention of fluids and, and additional water weight and excess insulin in my system and just all of that stuff. Now I understand some of it. And, and I really feel like I can control those parts of my biology that, that I need to control. So that's probably the most rewarding thing about the whole program for me is now I know how to affect change when I need to. That's awesome. That is so awesome. All right. Lastly, for anybody out there who's listening, who's not sure, who's unsure about whether they can achieve natural health or unsure about what's possible, what would you tell them from this side of the program about taking that step and taking care of their health? Well, I, I really felt like there wasn't any just absolute 180 degree turnaround for me. There were so many subtleties in, in my lifestyle that, that, you know, made the big difference for me. And I guess what I would tell them is, you know, don't be afraid of it. It's, uh, it's really a lot of, it's a lot of responsibility um, for you to take control of your health. But when you take control and you know that you did the right thing, it's so incredibly rewarding. Um, and you feel like, like you're just, you're just living your best life. It's, yeah. um, you know, I think what that caused for me is just this resurgence of how can I keep up leveling my health? And I've made a lot of changes and, and I stole that, that phrase from you. Yeah. Because, um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, because it is such a process. But once you make the big steps, the little steps are so easy. And frankly, I found the big steps to be pretty easy. But, you know, I'm one of those people um, that I if you just tell me what I need to do to fix it, I'm going to fix it. And it's not going to seem hard to me. Yeah, um, because I just need the empirical data and then I will Im implement the changes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really, one, it's been just a joy to work with you and to hear this part from you. This is why I do what I do, right? This, yeah, it's great that now you're physically healthy and all this, but to hear you talk about up-leveling, like living your life versus when we started, you're like, oh, maybe I've reached that point where they're right and I need to go on meds. And you know what I mean? This is the rewarding experience I get to have from the work that I do. So I really, truly appreciate one, that you shared your story with everybody, but two, that you allowed me to be on this journey with you. It's truly always a privilege for me to be on this journey with folks um, because it really does. It inspires to this day, every single one inspires me. So I appreciate what the work that you are willing to put in to be that inspiration for me and for many others. I appreciate your time that you agreed to do the podcast with me. Is there anything else you want to say in parting? You know what? There is one more thing I want to say. One of the things that I'm 
currently obsessing about that I, I started um, obsessing about in your program is the food as medicine. Mm. Because um, I had saved all of my lab reports and some of my nutritional uh, analytics from the last several years and things that I was deficient in, selenium, magnesium, some other things that affect all of my organs. And, and if we eat the right foods, then we get those minerals and nutrients naturally. And um, that's been another, just such a great revelation and a readjustment in my life. And uh, that I, that food as medicine podcast that you did, I listened to it several times. And, And now I've obsessed about that for a while. And just keep exploring different minerals and nutrients. So that's just my, you know, my latest obsession and I have you to thank for it. Well, you are so welcome. Yeah. Because we really do, we dive in to everything. It's not, I mean, yes, we fix diabetes and all of the different areas, like you were talking about these subtle things that needed to be shifted that isn't necessarily related to Twinkies, right? Like we dive into all of that, but we dive into, there's two modules in the portal online that my clients have access and have access to for the rest of their life that dive into food as medicine. Like what are we doing to our body with the food we eat? What do we need to be doing? And how do we up-level that part of our life, right? So that's awesome that that you found that helpful. And, you know, now you're not so busy pouring your resources into fixing diabetes and cholesterol. You really get to up-level all of these other areas of your life. That's awesome. It's awesome. Well, thank you, Carol, so much for being with us on the podcast. Anybody who has any questions for me about anything that Carol talks about, don't ever hesitate to send me an email at delane at delanemd.com. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the Work With Me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.